We live in a world that encourages us to remove ourselves from the human experience. Whether it's looking at our phones too long, forgetting how to talk to someone face to face, or just straight up giving in and convincing ourselves that a chicken nugget is actual food. It's not food, it's silence. I don't know about you, but this freaks me out. So I've started a podcast, my antidote to this silliness. It's time to blow our minds. My name is Will Fleming. Welcome to my podcast, Please Blow My Mind. And boom, we're live in the in the caravan, the caravan that uh, sits in my backyard, and I invite people all the way around to my house. I haven't quite worked this out. I feel like television's got it sorted. They invite people to their studio and wine and dine them, and I say, pay for your own petrol to get over <laughs> when it suits me, and we'll do it. But anyway, uh, my guest tonight, Paul, welcome to the podcast, man. Kia ora, Will. Thank you for inviting me. Dude, thank you for doing what you do, put, putting your message out there. I mean, did you kind of think that this would be part of your journey to be putting your story out? Because that's quite a, uh, um, well, it's, it gets right down to the core, doesn't it? It sure does. And we all have stories. Mm. And I think with me, I thought I could play rugby league forever. Yeah. But obviously and unfortunately you can't. And yeah. it was a lot of, lot of life lessons on and off the field, particularly off the field when I retired and went through my mental health battles. Mm. But I'm just grateful. I'm, I'm here today. I'm living. I'm just so grateful every day. I mean, is it about day to day for you and just looking after today? Because I, I, I imagine um, what's it like being a professional sports uh, person are you thinking about today or are you thinking about that that final game w- where do you sit yeah, there's a lot of things you think about sometimes you think about the monthly paychecks <laughs> <laughs> but I as a young kid as with other athletes you aspire to be the best that you can be yeah. and I was very blessed to be able to play a great sport of rugby league and I had a great time mm-hmm. made some great friends and was able to accomplish some great achievements in some yeah. big games and I've made friends for life and travelled the world so I I do reflect on the positives but as with everything you always get your highs and lows and your mm. trials and tribulations and injuries and getting cut from clubs and moving on it's all life lessons but I, I have no regrets yeah. and being I'm still connected to the game and it means a lot to me that I still can rely on, on friends that uh, we, all, we all has been athletes now but we can still rely on each other and have funny conversations and, yeah. and talk crap about the past Well, and also you're the first generation who are acknowledging um, that things aren't always bright and starry right the others didn't, who came before you they obviously had everyone had mental health issues but mm. no one could really acknowledge it and I feel like that's something that's like it's new to say everything isn't perfect eh? it's, it's kind of new um, I mean you had your team mates but to say it publicly to admit that um you know i'm not having such a great day it feels like that's a that's a relatively new phenomenon i think it's a great thing back in my heyday i debuted for the warriors at the age of 18 mm. and we had no education and well-being managers to make <laughs> sure okay yeah you, you, sometimes you, you learnt your life lessons at the pub yeah, <laughs> but uh, it was a different generation but yeah. today it's a, it's a new age there's there's more temptation there's cell phones and yep. social media so yep. obviously the boys have to be well educated mm. and making sure that they are surrounded by 
people there will look after them mm. and making right decisions as well and and like we say make right decisions like it's an easy thing but most of us will spend our life trying to you know work out what does it mean to even be right you know the, you're right yeah, yeah like you're the, right well, they are young men and there's going to be some hiccups from time to time but yeah. y- y- being a professional athlete you you have a role and that is to be a positive role model yeah. to the younger generation and to the to the public yeah that is a hard task but you have to you have to live and learn i mean did you ever kind of feel like you were you know like one of the gladiators putting on a spectacle of because i sometimes think what is sport you know mm. and it's a simulation i guess of seeing amazing well people who focus very hard on becoming very good at what they do but but maybe at a deeper level it's like it's it's that lot in the lion cage and i mean people love hits you know and that's this weird thing where it still connects with us deep down what was it like you know being in those shoes did you feel like you were that you know um on a spectacle or is a are you zoning out of that i wouldn't say i was a gladiator i was in the back <laughs> so i was one of the pretty boys <laughs> making 10 tackles and <laughs> not tickling the big boys <laughs> but uh, it was i and as well as athletes at that high level you enjoy you, you enjoy the competitiveness mm. and you enjoy the physicality it's a great sport yeah. rugby league and I, I honestly really I love the game mm. and I think when you 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 know you, you work hard to to be the best that you can be and you see as a kid you watch young you know the Mount Meningas and the mm. Laura Dailies and these guys are like idols to you yeah. and you obviously you want to try and feel their shoes <laughs> but it's yeah it's i want to say glad adult but it is a <laughs> it is a warrior sport yeah 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 no it's cool um what was the plan when you were growing up like did you did you know that that you'd be kind of a destined for um you know this professional career and then i mean maybe you would have never known that you would be doing what you're doing today which is going around and talking about your story and helping mm. people acknowledging you know the ups and downs in your life what did you think you were going to be when you were a young dude when i was a young dude i thought i was i love basketball yeah i wanted to play in the nba and i was okay at it it wasn't the best but <laughs> yeah. obviously i didn't grow tall enough <laughs> so i played all i played a number of sports my family were very sports orientated softball in the summertime league rugby touch <clears throat> basketball so I played a range of sports. My older brother was in the army. He's five years older than me, and I had a couple of elder cousins that were in the SAS and Navy mm-hmm. and Foreign Legion. So I've sort of always aspired to be in, in some sort of the forces or the mm-hmm. army or give the SAS a go yeah. if I was fit enough. Yeah. And I was 16 years old. I was at a family wedding, and my brother was in the army at the time, and my oldest cousin, Ken Fatuita, he just he was in the British SAS, and he came over for the wedding and he goes to me so what do you want to be yeah. I said oh, I want to be in the army he goes yeah. nope you're playing rugby league <laughs> so from the age of 16 my oldest cousin said stick to league so I stuck to league and I started to develop physically I was a late bloomer but I, I was very fortunate I, was, I had a great work ethic and training mm. I competed in boxing at the age of 12 and was able to fight in the New Zealand paperweight wow. division championship which yeah. is a 42 kilos which I was a little that's why it's called paperweight <laughs> yeah. but at a young age I, I learned how to train mm. professionally running looking after yourself cutting weights sparring against men yeah. so I I was able to do a disciplined sport like boxing and I 
pretty much carried that throughout my career. Mm. And were you training primarily kind of physical training, eh? Because now would you kind of say that you're you're in the mental training environment? I, I am. Yeah. I am. And I, I train I, I, I train to, to feel good and yeah. get those positive endorphins and physical yeah. training is an important aspect of my life and mm. it's something that I, I need to continue and, and do. But have fun with it. Yeah. Have fun with it. And the good thing about being a has-been retired NRL player now is that when you get little niggles when you play a social game of touch you can sub off and that's, I'm done mm. what was your um, do you remember your last I mean you obviously remember your last game but how long did it kind of did you think oh maybe I should go back to playing or when it was mm. done was it done because so, I, I don't know the deep story you know like a lot of uh, I guess media people they'll, they'll have their talking points I've just kind of seen a little bit on you and that's where I stop because I'm like I don't want to have preconceived idea you know mm just like to hear it kind of firsthand but like what happened when you retired was it just that's it so pretty much i was in the uk at the huddersfield giants mm. I was, I, when i finished up with the west tigers i signed the contract three-year contract in 2008 mm. and i was in england i was away from family i was with my my ex-wife fiance at the time yeah. the mother of my child vanessa and we had a great time but becoming a father triggered memories of my childhood and mm. certain things that went on. And that's when I started to role play past experiences in right. my childhood. Right. And pretty much it was a, my ha- mental health was a downward spiral from there. Mm. Cut a long story short, I suffered from depression, went to psychosis, mm. ended up being in a, in a psychiatric unit for four weeks, heavily medicated. I managed to play a couple of games. Nathan Brown. Yep who's the coach at the Newcastle Knights was the coach there and he was awesome the club was very supportive of me I managed to play a couple of games but I wasn't the same player I was heavily medicated I couldn't I couldn't get my mojo I, like I was in a, a drowsy state and I just couldn't function properly and the club were supportive as well as my ex-wife family and I just decided that I had to retire and I took a year off still trying to find my way and and battling with my mental health issues I had no education mm-hmm. I had no qualifications right. except for rugby league yeah. and Mooks Stephen Kearney was the coach at the Parramatta Eels at the time and I had a year off still battling heavily medicated and he offered me a lifeline I had to take it because wow. that's all I knew how to provide for my family I've just had, I'm just a new a father my daughter's a few months old just married there's the only way that I thought I could support or I was I wasn't qualified so mm-hmm. I did the preseason and I played a first grade game and I played 200 games every single game I never looked at the clock never looked at the clock I played played out the play focused on what I had to do never looked at the clock and mm. I was at 25 minutes 40 minutes wow. 76 my last game for the Premier Eels that's exactly what I was doing. Is that right? 30 minutes. 55. Winters came over. 76, 78. And I knew then, nah, that's it. Is that right? I thought, that this, I can't do this. Yeah. So, yeah, that's when I, I knew that was it was finally over. I mean, what's really kind of, 
interesting is the wrong word but you know what I mean it's like you were trained well we know go back to that warrior thing you were trained to be this gladiator and we don't ask gladiators to do you know insightful talks or um, you know cradle a baby when they're crying we ask gladiators to be strong and to to show us what's possible and I think what's interesting is you did that you know you did that really well and then you had to realize it was time to get out or something and that's when you couldn't get out and mm. that must be you know I wonder if deep down that's the feeling people have when they you know start kind of spiraling down is how am I going to get out I only know one thing mm. or, or you know maybe it's not that but but that's a, that's a um, that's a really interesting thing that I think to would you say today they're kind of working harder these professional sports teams to like there've been more research and more study and obviously former players saying hey you got to have something else definitely and I was very blessed and fortunate I was I was in the education and wellbeing team at the West Tigers mm. the past three years and my full time role was to making sure that the players had education they were supported off the field and mm. whatever issues that they have and every NRL club has a full time education and well-being manager so the 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 game especially the nrl these massive uh, positives happening within the well-being space and these these players are getting grants for the education they're getting Mm. supported uh, they're getting counseling families as well there's a lot of great changes since back in my heyday Mm. so it's it's a good thing to see but you know again I, I I tapped on it before these guys are young men they're going to make mistakes and yeah. I, I wasn't perfect as a as a young aspiring athlete it's, they're, they're young men and they're going to have some hiccups mm. that's why it's so important and imperative that they have something else to, to focus on and there is a statistic that the players that are engaged with community work or education after their training they're the ones who are not going to get into trouble it's the mm. ones that are got the big contracts but then they go home they've got nothing they're bored Mm. what do they do exactly do you think it's similar to other people in society you know we have our jobs we have the big mortgage and we think like that's our that's our NRL match every week you know trying to keep the home and pay the rent and Mm. and and you know there's a certain amount of um, I guess comfort you get from that but I guess what we're talking about is finding some type of meaning hey and that's Mm. that's not so easy to um, you, you know that's not so easy to find that's a bit of a journey I mean what's your thoughts around meaning this is something I talk about quite often on the podcast it's like you know for many of my years I've thought that science was kind of the answer to everything you know we'll we'll science our way out of it Mm. but I'm not that old but the older I get I start thinking like you know why am I so sure I know what everything means and why can't I have a, a, a little grey area in my brain which suggests there could be something more but you know what I mean it's mm. like I don't think I, I don't really know what I mean It's because it's quite deep and kind of philosophical but I mean where do you personally when it all comes down to it and all the things you've gone through is there any constant of meaning is there any constant that you have that like you've got to do this or everything else doesn't mm. matter I and the same as you I I, I love positive, positive psychology and, mm. and trying to learn about the mind the power of the mind mm. and and controlling your emotions and feeling your emotions and, and having things down pat and how I how I got back to my my health and mm. rediscovered my health again 
for that five-year period when I retired and was heavily medicated, counselling, you name it, da 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 da, da mm. I I was looking for exterior help. When after five years, I I had separated from my my wife. She loved and cared for me, but when you're going through mental health issues, you 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 can't love them back because mm. you you got to sort your own stuff out. Mm. So it was a it was a mutual agreement, but it was probably the best thing that happened to the both of us. I moved into my apartment, and that's when I I had enough of living in drowsiness and not having control of my life and mm. this is why you're medicated yeah yeah this is what i was medicated so i i made the decision it was my decision no one else's to to cut myself off it right and i don't re- recommend that to for anyone to do it was it was just i thought to myself i can't live my life like this no more i'm gonna have to do it my way but what i did do is that i re-educated myself in reading psychology books mm. and self-help books self-development but I put it to practice and right. I put it into action. Mm. I started to train again and step by step, piece by piece, I started to build my my well-being and, and, and health back up and started to, yeah, started to reconnect with the world because when you isolate yourself, loneliness becomes toxic and that's mm. what I did for the past five years. I cut off all my teammates, my family and I was just uh, uh, a young man in a bubble on his own yeah. in his own thoughts yeah. so I, I'm big on on learning about my emotions and becoming a better person and li- learning every day and be more kinder to myself mm. Well, I, I was a very massive critic to myself especially during my football days I might have, might have, might have scored two tries and made 20 tackles but I dropped the ball once and 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 missed the two tackles I'll be dwelling on that all night so very critical of myself and my performances and as I've gotten older I'm, I'm learning to be more kinder to myself because if you're not on your own side how can others believe in you mm. so I try my best to figure out my own triggers and making sure that I don't let my mind drift off the drama because we all got dramas we all think about the past and <laughs> yeah. things that are not really true the drama right. we make it up in our own mind yeah. so it's just having an awareness when the mind drifts off it's just to bring it back into the present mm. and I try my best to practice mindfulness and present moment awareness and the great thing about my mahi my work and my talks is that I get to preach it so it keeps me in check too yeah. and I'm a, a big believer when I'm on stage I, it's got to be authentic and I have to live by my values and tools I can't share it with the audience if I'm not living it, mm. it it's, it's fake so I try and be as honest and, and as genuine, genuine as possible yeah bro you know when you're talking Paul I'm kind of thinking to myself like um, so I'm someone who you know just hasn't experienced depression right and and I don't know if it's so obvious when you're in it or not you know I have days where I'm sad and not happy mm-hmm. but I've, I've heard it described as like um, it feels like you're in a state of mourning all the time that mm. you just can't get out of that um, rut yeah you know I, I can't I can see how others feel but mm. how I felt was that my mind was in the past right bringing up drama of the past and and certain situations that happened and also anxious about the future and and because it's like everything else but not the now is it something like now yeah your mind's not you're not there right you're not you're not here the most important is now (laughs) all we can do is control we can control now we can live for now so i i try my best just to try certain techniques with it just breathing or Mm. 
just try my best to be in the moment because that's all you can control. Yeah. Yesterday's gone. You can't bring it back. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just trying to kind of work out because, you know, we talk about depression and suicide and they're kind of, they're such used words today that I'm just trying to work out, you know, there's the definition when you go online and search what it is and then there's the definition of what people explain it to be. And, and, and you know, one of those things that I keep hearing is very critical on oneself and it's something I've never been. Like I'm the youngest of uh, three kids or four kids including mm. me and what I had was I had bodyguards my whole life right and so it's weird because I also come from that half Kiwi culture half Pacific culture so half of me from an early age I just I could fit in everywhere and I also had bodyguards the whole time and um, kind of family who watched out for me right so I've come through reasonably unscathed and why I say that is it left me with different issues it had issues of when I reached my 20s of no drive because mm. what am I fighting for I'm sweet you know I had to really kind of work hard to give myself some some energy because I was like meh it'll all be sweet because I don't know pain you know mm. so so I'm, I'm also what it left me with was no self-critique and so I wonder if there was a correlation there to that heavy self-critique and constant like you know you're explaining you did all these amazing things in one game but you focused on the one drop ball mm. and I know because whenever I had a good game I just focused on all the good stuff and I still do that and mm. so I guess my point is yes we're all different but it's trying to work out where you are on the scale eh? and and dealing with things in the past and looking forward and 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 if anything i was the opposite i just stuck in the now mm. and and so you know i guess what i'm trying to do is break down a little bit you know what might people be feeling because a lot of people that listen to this podcast and watch the podcast you know they're they're the ones who probably feel like um they're getting it done but mm. there's still certain levels of, you know, you're stuck on the motorway every morning. Um, again, that meaning question comes up. What the hell am I doing this for? And that's a serious question, you know, like, why are we doing all this stuff? And, mm. and do you ever kind of contemplate, like, what, what, what the heck's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> Is it just about us getting up and getting it done every day and, and, and doing our part for what ourselves and others? Because that's a worthy goal. But that's a pretty, I think, yeah, I'm just trying to think, do people expect that they need to be fighting for something every day mm. something like good, that good question yeah. and i believe that we all have a purpose yeah. in life and, and how i i can just share my experiences mm. and how i've gotten to be the person that i'm now was making mistakes and yeah. trying different things and trying laboring and personal training mm. and tactileing and you know making some hiccups along the way and that's how you learn from your mistakes and failure is a good thing you, you learn more from your failures than your successes mm. and it takes a long time to find a purpose especially with athletes as a young kid they want to be the young boxer or the tennis player or the league player or the rugby player or the all black and then once that's gone it takes a long time for most mm. to find except for if you're Richard McCaw who's just a complete legend and I love him <laughs> yeah. he is the man it takes time to find that second purpose and you, you're going to take, which I did, try different things and which didn't work out. And then you, you, you've just got to rediscover yourself. But you have to put yourself out there. Mm. And I'm a big believer in vulnerability. Putting yourself out there and putting yourself in uncomfortable positions because that's where you grow. And it's a saying, it's not my saying. I've, I've read endless books and I truly believe in vulnerability because that's where your strength lies. Mm. So... I guess what's interesting about that too is 
Let's say you make a mistake, and today and social media captures everything. And there's also a bit of a call-out culture too, mm. which people, um, you know, they are able to call someone out and get a bit of a social status increase by calling out that person. I think mm. you see it quite often in, in the traditional media and all that kind of stuff. <clears throat> but, but you know, that's a... Re- it's a real interesting thing because you've got to be a bit brave to be vulnerable eh? and that's the mm. other thing that people don't um, um, talk about and and also the reason I invited you on the podcast because you know you following your dreams it doesn't I think I saw a post of you and, and the amount you're kind of like giving up to try and make manifest this you know helping people to come to life it's it's not easy it's a like you still got to go through the tough times even though you're trying to do something so you know um so awesome for others but mm. it it's requires that bravery and i don't know i think that's where everyone can meet in the middle and say what does it mean to be brave and and you know we say take a take a risk or or try and be vulnerable but you know i, I don't know if human psychology allows that you know it's like kind of what's a better way to frame it than um you know jump in the deep end Mm. but the reason that's amazing is because you can swim but you might sink hey and Mm. and and i guess that's the meaning if anything right yeah that's right (laughs) unfortunately i'm not a really good swimmer but i (laughs) could do i could doggy paddle okay and i you just reminded me uh, when i made my first grade debut at the warriors it was in 2000 mike graham was the coach I was 17, 18 years old, just moved up from Wani Omata, my hometown, moved to the big smoke of Auckland. I'm fresh off the boat, boat Māori boy, just, <laughs> wow, training with Stacey Jones and Nigel <laughs> Wagner and Joe Wagner awesome. and all these legends. Mark Graham was the coach and he said, Fats, you've been training well. I'm going to bring you to Australia round two. You're going to stay for the whole week. I'm not going to play you. So all I want you to do is just get that experience with the boys and ha- what, what it's like to stay in a five-star hotel and... Yeah, get treated like a king. I'm, mm. I'm like an eight, eighteen-year-old boy. How good is this? Yeah. Scotch full of steaks, pasta, <laughs> rump, you name it. I'm smashing it. I'm loving life, knowing that I'm not playing. Mm. Well, four hours before the game, Mike Graham gives me a tap on the shoulder. Says you're playing, <laughs> and here I am, five kilos heavier. <laughs> Man, I was so nervous and anxious. Luckily, I was rooming with Monty Bethany. He, he called me down. Yeah. Played the game. We, we lost in the last minute, but sometimes you've got to be chucked in the deep end mm. and just embrace it, just give it a go. Yeah. And that's with my motivational talks too. Whether I speak in front of two people or 500, I still get those those nervousness feelings and, and butterflies, but for me, it's a positive mechanism mm. to to bring out my, my best performance, if you want to say that. Yeah. But the thing is, just like rugby league, sport, training, I had practiced my my skills over and again, over and over again and just that's just with uh, when you deliver what you do in, in your workplace mm-hmm. here if you practice 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 it makes not to say practice makes perfect but it, it does and yeah. it, it gives you that confidence and and the right attitude to go and perform at your best of, mm-hmm. of your ability that's something i'm experiencing now this practice thing because i'm a friend kind of tricked me into doing a half marathon with him but he meant the 5k but i signed up for the 21 and whatever How good so anyway about like a month and i'm doing all these k's and i'm like 
I don't get it because the run day itself is what it's all about, but you're doing a hundred of kilometers to get there. So actually the, the event is the hundred kilometer mm. training, but we give no love to that. We kind of see it as a pain and it's a, it's something you go through and you know, you're doing these high kilometers and you get back and you get the endorphin hit and you're like, Oh, is that the amount in for the versus out? And I think it is like that. Eh? It's it like super, super hard for a little bit of good feeling. But in society, we want it the other way around. Eh? We want our iPhone and give us, you know, Netflix, go. Instant. Yeah, Instant forever. satisfaction, yeah. 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 And I've, I've again, I, I looked at, I've taken it into my education. Mm. I went to school for sport. I can say, tell you that right now. And my school C, I think I studied the last two days <laughs> before the English and maths. And obviously, I failed. But you, you learn and... And I've just changed my whole philosophy around education. I, I, I love studying and, and I'm doing a positive psychology diploma now and doing Te Reo Māori and awesome. AUT and, and, and got all these uh, certs the last five years to be a qualified education and wellbeing manager and, and what I do within my, my business in, in terms of strength and uh, practice builds confidence mm. and especially with education. Education is so important, especially because mm. I went through that drought of having no qualifications on the tool, on the laboring and, mm. and went through that sort of uh, journey and, and finally understood that you don't learn nothing at the back of the classroom not asking questions so now I'm that near 40 year old in the uh, at the front desk yeah. Miss, get, get. Yeah. Awesome. so it's I kind of get the feeling that school should start for us now I'm exactly the same I'm way more inquisitive I was that kid also who studied school C two days and mm. had to do it twice well, you probably passed though no hey, you passed no, it no. I passed the second time oh there you go yeah 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 but, you passed. I didn't. <laughs> yeah. but I really uh, I had to study hard um, I was thinking about what was I thinking about something uh, you said um Oh, it'll come back to me. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask you about is, um, so you know now commentators make an effort to pronounce names. Mm-hmm. So Fatuira, and most Kiwis will try and pronounce that. What was it like? I mean, did it ever piss you off? You know, and I, I don't swear that often in the podcast, but your name, because when I searched you on YouTube, you know, it was those Aussie, they're notorious for that. I mean, what yeah, was it like are. then? Uh, is it like a, is it a, a, like a badge of honor? Or were you like, hey man, like lift your game? To tell you the truth, Playing of Aussie, it didn't bother me. Yeah. I remember when I was when I was boxing, I was twelve years old, and uh, the commentator in the blue corner, weighing it, da 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 da, da paperweight, forty two kilos. Sorry, I forgot. Is Paul, Paul, and my dad goes in the crowd, fuck to eat a dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> so my, obviously, my dad took a lot of pride yeah. in it, but I, I, it didn't bother me while I was playing. But looking back at it now and and reconnecting to, back to my culture and learning more about my my papa and mm. and family roots and and learning Te Reo Māori, it, it, it is important to say it correctly because yeah, there's a lot of mana in my last yeah. name and every Māori last name too. So now I, I look at it differently and with my eight year old daughter, she's a Mozzie, she's half Aussie, yeah. half Kiwi, and same thing at her, at her school awards. Gabby W, Gabby Watura. <laughs> they finally got it right last year. True. Five years it took them to get it right. But I always correct, I always tell her, Fatu Eda. And when somebody says it incorrectly, just let them know in a, in a nice manner because it does carry a lot of mana. And, and those are changes that 
are changing, aren't they? You know, I can kind of feel it, you know, like uh, it's interesting, you know, half, like I mentioned before, half of my, um, so Cook Island and Kiwi, but I mm. only really identified with Kiwi for many years. And so, you know, you just pronounce how 1950s Kiwi pronounced, but I, I like that people at least think twice. You might not be brave enough again to be vulnerable to commit to pronouncing correct, mm. but people know and Mm. i think that's um those are little things i search for too you know because it kind of you can kind of get the feeling that things aren't going very well and and i try and you know not be naive but i think you got to work extra hard you do to to find the good stuff eh? otherwise it's too easy to you know it's like racism is still you know and Mm. all of these things and and i get it with got issues and humans are complicated Mm. creatures you know we can do these amazing things or we can you know be hitler you know it's like he wasn't an alien Mm. he was one of us so you either say we're all capable of amazing like heaven or hell and we can bring that into this world you know something Mm. like that i do remember what i wanted to ask you it was um um you know if do you think if you didn't kind of make that deal with yourself to be vulnerable and go off the medication that you would have been able to be where you are today no yeah no so that's a really confronting moment right because current medical advice would be stay and follow the program but there was something that internal strength in you it was it was yeah I just I just thought to myself I couldn't live my life like this anymore yeah. and I don't recommend anyone to do it. It was my journey, and I I hold that on my two shoulders. But like what I said, I I did give up the medication, and I didn't tell nobody. It was my way. Mm. But like I said, what I did do is that I educated myself, and I was learning about my mind and and challenging my negative thoughts and and putting things into action, learning gratitude and learning how to give and, and help people and open up doors and practicing patience and... I was lucky I was in the personal training game so then I could I started to work on my communication more the first year of personal training I was terrible no mm-hmm. confidence didn't know how to sell myself but as I started to learn and get more confident and started to believe in myself more I started to extract a bit more confidence in myself it started to come back to me mm-hmm. and I just had an extra lease of life because I had been in the bubble for five years and my battling my mental health issues and been through so much internal pain that I just had a new lease of life when I found the light Mm. and then I found by sharing it and within my talks it it, just kept on inspiring me and it was step by step and like I still go through my my learning stages and you have your off days at times Mm. obviously no Mm. no day's perfect you you have your ups and downs but I try and keep things consistent I try and I do live a a healthy balance I make sure I look after my body eat the right foods except for I did eat McDonald's coming on here (laughs) no one's perfect that's alright but but you know (laughs) I'm just trying to find that balance and it's yeah you have to look after yourself you have to Mm. look after your body your mind and yeah life's Life's a good, is a gift, man, isn't it? And I, I, I like saying that. I don't hear that from very many people. Mm. I turn on the news, or I turn on, you know, one of the newspaper websites, and it's this person did that wrong, you know, mm. this person did that wrong, and I just, I, I don't know. I feel like, you know, we have to actively work hard at trying to find those those good things, and we do. and 
I guess what's interesting for me is I get to sit here and and talk to people who have gone to that abyss, gone to that edge, and that's I often wonder if it's okay that I ask you to remember those times and, and what is it like for you? Are you okay with that? Does it I, does it feel like you're back on the field and we're all watching you again? <laughs> Not really. I I own my past, right? And I I own I own my story. Mm. So that's the difference. Yep. I own it and I feel comfortable I get nervous talking about it mm. in front of people but I know it's for the audience and I see the value on, on open up, opening up myself and showing my closet or dark stages good mm. stages it gives people the right to okay I've this this is what happened to me and, yeah. and speak up about what's going mm. on in their internal world and I put myself out there so many times now I know the processes that it takes to to get on stage and do what you do but it's i own my story it's for the audience it's not about me it's about giving back and mm-hmm. i found by giving back is actually blessing me in, in mysterious ways as well so it's uh this weird mm. this weird like what's that yin and yang eh? it's that light and dark yin, it's, yin and yang yeah it's where it all balances out um yeah because you know like do you still remember like you know when you were going through those really kind of traumatic times heavy times and mm. and and you know you talked about the psychosis do you remember it or is it a blur it is not a blur i remember everything really? i do yeah and what's happening like uh, 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 you just kind of is it like you can't turn off you're in kind of first gear trying to go 100 kilometers and you just can't there's no brakes or anything so i went seven nights without no sleep and wow you know, when you go seven nights without no sleep, your mind starts to play tricks on you. And it's just these voices calling you to do things and you're following them and you, mm. yes, uh, you see things. It's not a very nice thing mm. to go through and I wouldn't wish that on anybody. Yeah. I went through it. I was very fortunate. Lucky I had my partner, ex-wife Vanessa, who was hapu, who was pregnant at the time and could see what I was going through and went to the hospital and... Obviously, I exploded and went yeah. through my stuff there. But mm. yeah, I was just very fortunate to have my ex-wife taking care of me. Mm. She's a beautiful person, and we still get along really well uh, to this day. And I have a lot of love and respect for her. She's remarried. She has a new baby boy. She's she's happy, yeah. and we, we've been through so many of dark stages together. We've, we've come through the other side and <laughs> we both love our daughter unconditionally and yeah. it's funny how things work out huh? sometimes you get you, you get along better when you're divorced <laughs> <laughs> and that's something people don't often say but again it's like we've got to challenge these these norms eh because mm. the norms they must not be working or we wouldn't have a you know ridiculously high suicide rate if the norms were working mm. maybe it's not removing all of the norms and you know I'm certainly not on the boat of let's burn it down and start again like I like when I'm sick that there's medication that can help mm. but I also know that I probably shouldn't get a gastric bypass I probably should just mm. not have the maccas and do my half marathon <laughs> like unfortunately um, even though my you know I'd love to one of my family members got one and she just dropped the weight and I was like, wow, that looks amazing. But I don't think that's part of my story unless, you know, this podcast makes me heaps of money and then I go buy one. But um, probably learning the wrong lessons, eh? <laughs> like work on it, acknowledge it, um, 
yeah keep going what are the um the fellas from league like uh, you know old mates from the past that that dear do you say um, do you have conversations about you know we probably should have looked after ourselves a bit better or is that just like a different uh, I think about you know the caterpillar turns into the butterfly are you just kind of different people than then you can remember stuff but you're, you've shared a skin almost eh? and like a different version of you mm, I, I know uh, a couple of my close friends I've asked them the question mm. do you miss playing football and would you like to go back and I'm not going to drop names but mm. some of them are yeah oh, every day I wish I could go back and play and, and reminisce those those glory days mm. but for me I don't it's, it's in the past I'm very comfortable and I don't look back on my past and wish I was back there because mm. I'm just so grateful to be alive and going through <laughs> The, the mental trauma and, and suicide attempts and all that jazz mm. I'm just so grateful that I have my health and your health is your wealth and league's a great sport I was fortunate to travel the world and meet some great people but I'm happy the weekends now and my body's good and <laughs> yeah. I'm all bashed up and yeah. I miss the paychecks <laughs> but I I do value the, the reconnection of past players. We've got a New Zealand Warriors old boys reunion this weekend. Nice. So I'm lucky. I was a bit of a 40 journeyman. Mm. I played at five different clubs. So when the old boys weekend comes up, I, I make the effort to go because it's important to reconnect and yeah. catch up with those old faces and uh, just have a good time and, and enjoy each other's company. Mm. What was it like, you know, the first time you, you that final whistle went and you knew you'd won the premiership? Like, like what time, bro? <laughs> yeah, true, true. But you know, like, um, <laughs> can can you? Is there any words to describe that, or is that just one of those things you have to go through? Because the amount of pressure, right? I, I don't know if it's when you're at the elite end. It's like, wow, how can you share a glimpse of that? Or maybe it's not supposed to be shared. Maybe it's something you can't put into words. Uh, so, 0-3. Mm. So I, I mentioned earlier, I've been cut by two NRL teams and Penrith were coming second to last. Uh, I think they got the wooden spoons the year before. So that 0-3 happened so quickly but we were having fun John Lang was a a caring coach he wasn't the best tactical coach but he cared for you right. and when you have a coach that cares for you you go hammer and tongs for him and we, we played the most boring football we had the biggest boys Tony Pulitzer Ben Ross Martin Lang and all they did was run straight get the yards and then just give it to Preston Campbell and Rhys Swisser and Ryan Girdler and they worked their magic so it was pretty basic but mm. we just had fun and we enjoyed each other's company 05 was uh, that was surreal I was so the Panthers honestly I was just all I did was make my tackles and did a couple of hit ups scored a couple of tries I wasn't I don't really have to do much because we had <laughs> guns already so I just <laughs> I was I felt like a passenger <laughs> but I knew that I could I could offer more and because we won the premiership in 03 we had Luke Lewis Luke Rooney we had all these young guns that are playing kangaroos so obviously their contracts go up and the salary cap so somebody had to miss out and unfortunately it was me but that's okay West mm-hmm. Tigers come in and Tim Sheens come knocking on the door and the good thing I liked about Tim Sheens is that he didn't 
brag about me telling me how good it was he said I can make you into this player and mm. make you be more of an attacking player and he actually brought me in during the West Tigers training session so it keeps his players on their toes so I thought hey this guy's pretty <laughs> pretty suave but yeah so I went there with the attitude that I'm 24, 25 now I've just won a premiership I want to be more of a senior player especially with the Benji Marshalls and Dean Hallettau mm. and Robbie Farrell coming up and we had a bit of a tight circle as they were younger than me but I hang around that crowd a bit so it was uh, it just mm. fit in it, it fit and we trained hard we had a good time on the weekends we looked after each other and we, we didn't really have no pressure so you would have seen kind of both styles of coaching then the kind of militant one mm. and you know if I relate it to things that most people can understand like say parenting for example you know you've got your coach the mum or dad or whoever's you know grandma or whatever um, and you've got the two types the ones who kind of is it break down and micromanage everything and I mean does that kind of stuff work or it sounds like what you really responded to and what the team responded to is like uh, an idea a kind of a philosophy and mm. and then you're operating on more than just um, you know maybe it's something like you're playing with your subconscious a bit with love or respect or something eh? mm. and, and and I guess that's vulnerable as well right because that can go wrong <laughs> It can, yeah. it can, and having respect for yourself and your teammates, and making sure that every training session you, you're putting in the effort, and it's all about that consistency. And when times are tough, you get through the grind together, and it's it's a tough, tough sport. Mm. It, it truly is. But you need a, a strong leader, is what Tim Sheens and, and John Lang were. But the good thing about them is that they cared for you. And like I said before, when you have somebody that cares for you and you feel it, you'll you're trying to you're trying to move mountains for that person is there anything Paul that you can speak to which is like you know we live in a culture now which is you need to say stuff when it's happening because you know you don't want to be quiet but I sometimes wonder are we is there times where you should just be quiet you know what I mean like we should still not I, I, I'm worried that we'll say everything and and we'll just want to say it because just in case, you know, call out that person because just in case they're Hitler. You know what yeah. I mean? But they might have just been someone on a bad day. And if you hadn't escalated your bit, they might not have escalated their bit. Mm. And kind of the art of sometimes just, you know, zipping it up and observing or walking away and stuff like that. Yeah, I think it's a bit of timing. Mm. And I've tried, I've definitely become a, a better listener over the last five years. Mm. And learning how to respond to situations more so than react. And nothing good comes out of reaction through anger or fear. So I, I try I do try and work on my emotional feelings and, and, and try and keep myself down in pet uh, down pet you know, in, in mm -hmm. control. Because mm -hmm. that's all I can really control is my yeah. thoughts, feelings, emotions. So just more so just learning when to just take a step back and, and to be calm and let somebody else have their moments. Mm. Yeah, I think that's a good one. Let, pe yeah. let other people have their moments. Yeah. Just and just be there for them and yeah. just cure them, my bro. Yeah, like me. No, you're giving me my moment. Thank <laughs> you, man. And, but you never hear it. I think we know it. And I, I sometimes think like we've built with a mouth. So like say stuff that's also encouraging or all we're doing is commenting on the crap stuff. Eh? And like most of us are really epic at that. We can do that all day. We can, um, you know, there's something about your story too, which is... I'm trying to work out what's like there's another version of you which could be a victim right you mm. 
stuff happened in the past, stuff happened in the present, stuff happening in the future. But it's almost like you're trying to work out how you owned that. You know, I give the example sometimes. It's like superheroes, you know. It's like, oh, cool, Superman or Wonder Woman. It's like, if you really look at their past, it's horrific. They lose most of it. They lose all the time. Mm. But what makes them super is they get back up and they don't let it define them. And I think that's something that can give people meaning. It's almost like, you know, use the crap stuff and acknowledge it and deal with it and come out the other side as a superhero. You're right. And we all got a bit of superhero in us. And yeah. bad things happen to everybody. Yeah. Bad things happen to everybody. But you just have to find a way and, and mm. to own it and to understand that there's so much to life mm. and uh, like I said you've you've I had I had to I, I've got no regrets going through my my battles mm. at all I had to go through that to become the man that I am today and to really em- embrace life so like we, we still get our, our rough days and you know but that's life. Yeah. <laughs> life is life. You yeah. you just roll with the tides, and, and and like you said, you got to get up and mm-hmm. dust dust the dirt off and, and keep plugging away. Yeah. Did you feel like a superhero when you put on the Kiwis jersey? <laughs> Not when you're standing next to Sonny Boo Williams and uh, how monstrous he was. Yeah. I was like, man, yeah. I didn't. No, no, it was it was it was a proud moment though. Yeah. Oh man, it's like one of those things that you're in a small club that you probably don't realize how small the club is. But you know, most Kiwi kids, boys and girls, will grow up um, idolizing these things. That that you know, you guys are our Tom Cruises. You know, you're our you're our astronauts. You're the ones that I don't know from that small little country. Those are the things you know. You grow up idolizing that mm. kind of stuff, and so to 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 talk to you and and feel the humanity in that. It's kind of cool. It's like, actually, I can be that too, you know, I can, um, I think part of the solution to, you know, these horrible things that are happening in society is to hear stories, ironically, from people who have, like I said, been to that abyss and found a way back. Because mm. most people who go to the abyss, I don't know if they come back, you know, maybe that's the point of going to the abyss is that, and I don't know what I mean by abyss, the edge, mm. you know, it's like, mm, the stats say, if you go there, you ain't nothing good happening but every now and then you know the ones come back and i just think we should be celebrating that and seeing that for the you know the burden you're taking to share with us you know it's mm. a bloody huge one and i i am you know we're not doctors and all that kind of stuff even though you're studying psychology right so i am yes i've nearly, how's nearly that? finished a positive psychology positive psychology diploma i love it yeah man i, I do I, i've i've found my my niche and it's learning more how to control my mind and Mm. sending sending positive vibes and learning how to get through my day as positive as I can despite when bad things happen there's there's always a way out is there a kind of something you can share that you know I like to do this to the guests like you know amazing things and all of these tips and tricks and it feels like you got to have a doctorate and you know how to tell yourself to get up in the morning but is there like um if some if someone could implement something in their life that would just help them what what would you share 
throughout your day, do things that make you feel good. Mm. And I know what makes me feel good. I like to read. I like to do a bit of exercise. Yeah. I like to have a coffee. Maybe yeah. one too many. But hey, <laughs> having a laugh. Yeah. I like to laugh. I, I have having a beautiful nine-year-old daughter. I've, our things going to the park. I, I love being a kid mm. and jumping on the swings of there and laughing and mm. learning how to laugh. And I try and get all these positive endorphin hits throughout my day. And, and learning how to be happy with somebody else's accomplishment right and and when you see somebody else doing grateful things somebody could be walking a I saw a on Sunday I saw a a kid uh, a a young man uh, spending time with an old lady walking I thought how cool is that so just finding gratitude in other people yeah and, and try my best to when you see something good happening really embrace that moment and be there and just smile and so I have learnt, um, and I was pract- I, I practice mm. saying good morning to the first person I see on the street. True. So I that's do, something I've done that for the last six years. Every the first person I see, good morning, morena. Wow. Sometimes I get brushed, but hey, that's okay. I'm still sending posi- positive vibes. Just being polite, learning patience as yeah. well, and I travel a lot. What I, what are my go tos is to jump go last on the plane. So I'm the last one. Just it just gives me. It just gets me in tune to just being patient and just, I'm not going to miss the flight. Dude, that's so practical. That's mm. so cool. So, say good morning to someone, the first person you see. Yes. It's not just saying good morning. Eh? You're telling yourself there's a bit of a structure we're following here where we're being vulnerable because not everyone wants to say good morning. And to, I get brushed sometimes yeah, too, yeah. but that's okay. Well, and that's practicing too, right? Like you got to deal with that in the moment. Mm. And sometimes, you know, and I think that's that's the vulnerability. Maybe it's like um, you're, you're practicing small ways of being vulnerable every day. So it's not a buildup of mm. then you have to do this amazing, huge thing to be vulnerable. It's like you're letting the air out slowly. And, yeah. And that's, yeah, it is. It's, uh, life gets tough. Mm. But you, I try and remember when things are getting tough for me that somebody's doing more hardships than what I'm going through. And I try my best to put things in perspective. And, and I do generally focus and try my best to be grateful for what I do have more so than what I do not I've got my health back bro mm. your health is your wealth and <laughs> when I was at the Tigers me and Benji when Benji come back we had a bit of a laugh I went to him bro we had some I said bro we, we wasted some money we had some good times <laughs> and he goes but he goes you know what but you know what we, this memories for life we, we you can't take that back and I thought you know what? you're right mm. and it's all life's about making memories and being with the people that you love and care about and making more memory, memories with them I mean, in saying that, though, not getting specific, but when you're a top-level NRL player, do you make heaps of money? And uh, I mean, I don't want you to get too detailed, but imagine having us. I mean, do you ever kind of sit there and go, "I can buy whatever I want today"? (laughs) You know, know, it's funny. Look back at it. I look back at it now. It was definitely great. Like, like I said, I wasn't the most highest paid player, but I was comfortable and owned my my paper, if you want to call it paper. But then, you know, when the tax man comes and then, you know, you, you got a mortgage and you all these sort of things happen and you have a child, it's like, oh, actually, it's not that much yeah. after all. It's, it's not that 30 million like those basketball players oh, get that's it. That's a sport. I wasn't tall enough to play in remember? <laughs> that's awesome. Hey, um, all the stuff you're talking about, is that why you called your company Internal Strength? Is that 
at the end of the day what saved you is something from the inside it's not external it's come from somewhere in right exactly and that's what you want to share eh? because um you know sometimes i think that nine to five business suit job that's a soul crusher and how do you find internal strength when you know that's that lots of us have those jobs and it's like that's also a feeling i can't get out Mm. what am i gonna do wear comfortable clothes all day and be an internet programmer or something Mm. it's like my job is supposed to be on the 70th floor of this building and i sign papers and you know it's like i sometimes do want to acknowledge that that must suck as well that must be Mm. as soul crushing and and i kind of think that um you know all on the spectrum the constant is maybe you gotta look within or something like that Mm. and i I kind of gets a bit woo woo because what does that even mean i think we know what it means until we have to say to our friends like hey man what are you doing to help yourself oh i'm looking within like what you know that's a bit of a punt to (laughs) say that to people but Mm. I wonder if we'd be all a bit more meaningful if that was our answer. You know, it's like, I'm not going after the mortgage. I'm going to spend the next six months looking within, whatever that means, try and find something. So that internal strength is, um, yeah. Did you just know that was the name? It took, yeah, I came up with the name 2015 and Mm. how I come up with the name was pretty much what you, what you, you mentioned. I, I sat in my little office slash coffee shop because <laughs> I couldn't afford my own office yeah. and still can't as yet. <laughs> and I, I, I spent a lot of time with myself reading, studying and learning and practicing. And I and that's practically how I got my health back. I had to look deep within and, and focus on on rediscovering myself and, and teaching myself the internal lessons to to change my mindsets to change my thoughts to change the way I live my life Mm. and internal strength is pretty much I had to find my internal strength to to rediscover myself and share my journey and and live my life to the best of my ability and and it is it is a grind I I I am a soloist I I don't work a 9 to 5 but I am in the journey of self-development and, and honing my skills, and it is tough and it is a grind, but it's my passion, mm-hmm. and I, I had to go through my my hardships to to find my own internal strength. It's it's timely needed for multiple levels, and and I just feel like that makes sense. You know, like that's kind of what I was referencing. We scienced our way to a certain point. Now that grey area, whether it's in here or in here or somewhere up there, whatever, mm. that's that internal. That's what that represents. Eh? It's that finding, finding and grabbing whatever you can to to do what you need to do to get through the next twelve hours or something like that. Mm. Um, Paul, I ask every guest to kind of wrap up. Like, what's one moment that you know that blew your mind, that changed your perspective on the way? Uh, you see the world so it's like you know you went to bed or something a mind-blowing moment happened and you woke up a different person and could never see the world the same do you have like a mind-blowing moment that's kind of uh, you know that you're able to share would have to be yeah so I'll 
I was going through my my health issues and I had just bought a, a family home and me and my, my Vanessa we, we separated and anyway I, I come back to pick Gabra up one day and I just felt crap I felt crap mm-hmm. but I just had to run and, and we lived the house was a, a big drive and I don't know why I just chucked my Gabriel was maybe three I chucked on my back and, and I was just going through a lot of crap in my head and I just started running her up the hill like doing doing suicide runs up the hill just to try to get myself back into a a better mindset and mm. it's, it's those times when when you're alone and you start to question yourself and, but you find something and my daughter's my painamu she keeps me going and yeah so just finding something that makes you do what you do Mm. Despite if you get setbacks or jabs in the head or things like that, you you got to find somebody that you you go to the trenches with, and, and that's mm. my daughter. And I want I want to be a positive father figure for her. And her middle name's Kaya, so, which means leader in Te Reo Māori. So somebody's got to show her how to what her middle names means. So I'm the daddy, so I better take that job up and teach her what a leader means. Mm. That's awesome. I talk a lot on the podcast about, you know, exactly what you did, kind of metaphorically picking up that heavy thing and carrying it up a hill. And what's really interesting is that's exactly what you did in that moment where you weren't sure you picked the child up, yeah. you know, you're not a burden, but something very like a he- the heaviest weight. If you really think about it's your job to part, keep that person alive that's some mega stuff you know like mm. um you know shout out to the stay-at-home mums and dads like you are a professor in that your job keep that person alive and no one will have any unless something goes wrong we don't want to hear from you it's like wow i'm on my own that's a burden a good burden but you picked you know baby up or the kid up and ran up a hill and i just you know i look for, i look for practical things and I look for things that people could try. And I'm like, if you're having the worst day, hey, before you finish going down to that edge, pick your kid up and walk up or run up a hill. Mm. Who knows? You know, maybe you'll just see something there. Um, Paul, I want to thank you, man, for joining me on the podcast and sharing a bit of your story and and connecting and, and just trying to, like, wade through this life you know a little bit in real time and it's cool you know you 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 have that profile and someone who's brave enough to to not say you know i'm going to protect everything from my past and you're going to see me a certain way forever you know you mentioned richie and i think he could do a little bit more to share a little bit with us a hero a superman for lots of people Mm. and i hope that people like him see stuff like what you're doing and say I can also speak to the dark, you know, because, man, it does, if, if not put in check, it, it feels like it's pretty dark times, you know, even though I think every day millions of, you know, really poor people come out of poverty, but we just don't see that in our little mm. bubble, eh, you know, and it's like, yeah. So anyway, man, I want to thank you. And um, where can people um, check out your your work and, and, and if they want to kind of book you to come in and talk a bit of meaning um, to, to corporates or schools, what what's the way to contact you? So my website is www.internalstrength.nz. And I actually have my own little podcast as well, which Boom. is called Chats with Fats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
and my email is paul at internalstrength.nz cool yeah. and people can find all that stuff on yes yeah, so also yeah on the web uh, facebook mm. instagram i don't have as many followers as yourself will but <laughs> i'm plugging along dude yeah but uh you can you can find me on social media as awesome, well. Brother. well thank, thank you, you very much again appreciate it chats with fats man so do you like are you getting all your old bros and pretty much just this. hooking up my old teammates dude, that's <laughs> awesome you should be let me help film it for you because that's an amazing podcast that people thank would you. need to see all right team thanks everybody for watching and joining us for um you know some mind-blowing thoughts where we're not doctors we're just people trying to kind of do what humans have done forever which is wade through the crap in real time and i think doing it together makes sense okay see you on the next podcast um yeah that's us Thank you.